and welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast where we explore simple living and high thinking. Each week, we join Vivek Gupta as he offers insights on bringing the divine into the daily. Vivekji has experienced much of what the world has to offer, whether it is attending an elite business school or traveling to almost 50 countries. However, tired with the inconsistent and incomplete peace associated with these pursuits, he decided to turn his journey within. Over the last decade, Vivekji has shared his observations on the signs of independent joy with communities across North America and beyond. If you're just joining Live Vedanta, check out the show notes. We have a link to the very first episode in the Meditation Life series if you want to start from the very beginning. In this episode, we learn from Vivekji the path we need to follow to rediscover the peace that is our nature. So let's listen and continue to walk on this paved path. Mario, greetings from Niagara Falls. Whenever you see someone who is differently abled, who has special needs, what do you feel? What is your instinct? I think we're imagining how it would be to be in their position. Suppose someone has a special need when it comes to walking. And you think about how, if you were unable to walk the way you do, how that would feel. Yes? How come we don't think about how they would feel if they didn't have that special need? How come we don't think about how it would be for them to walk the way you walk? I recently saw an image of a gentleman with special needs in a wheelchair. And then the next image was him underwater. And that wheelchair was in the bottom of that pool and he was standing. Because in water, you have no weight. So you can stand and He looked so powerful. There was a smile on his face. And this this visualization was called the power of water. And it wasn't about the idea of someone having special needs, not having special needs. It was just a, a reflection piece. Now, how this relates to us, the power of jnana can have the same effect on us. Right now our peace is dependent. It's dependent on context and that's why so many are losing their peace. When jnana comes into our life, that is knowledge, and when we internalize that, that becomes vignana, we start to feel light. We become more lighthearted. We become more light-spirited. We start to feel that we are light then. That's our nature. And what's fascinating about the word jnana and water 
The Sanskrit word for water is nara. And nara and jnana are often used interchangeably. So the power of water, the power of knowledge. If this is too poetic for you, what it means to feel light, lighthearted, light-spirited, I'm reminded of one of my favorite quotes by Gandhiji. And essentially he says, first they will ignore you, then they will laugh at you, then they will fight you, and then you will win. Someone who has this light heart, this light spirit, if they're ignored, doesn't matter. If they're laughed at, doesn't matter. If they're fought against, it doesn't matter. And if they win or you win, <laughs> it also doesn't matter because you're peaceful. Last week, and really the last section of chapters we've been studying, has been focusing on shifting our pursuit of peace from pleasure to the self. One practice on making this real, every time you experience pleasure, it could be lying down on a soft bed, it could be a sunset, it could be eating ice cream, watching a great movie, whatever pleasure you experience, understand that that vishaya, ananda, the source of that is brahma, ananda. When you're watching a great movie and you have a smile on your face, if you simply remember, if you have that jnana or insight, that that smile on my face is not coming from the movie, but it's coming from myself, you will never get lost in pleasure. And this is shared in a more devotional way in Shiva Manasa Puja, where Acharya Shankara says, your puja is my vishaya bhoga. In other words, whenever I'm experiencing pleasure, I'm remembering this as an offering to you, that this is your puja. Will you indulge then? Will you ever be indiscriminate? If you know that everything you're intaking is actually an offering to Bhagavan Shiva, you won't. And the only change that has to happen is understanding. Tomorrow, so many of you will receive the Ivichara. And one of the thoughts I've shared in the Ivichara, Vedanta is a knowledge of what is ever experienced. Vedanta is really describing what we're experiencing right now. So there's no need to do. You don't have to do anything. You simply have to understand. This is not a karma. This is jnana. And so last week I shared with all of you, we have to reorient our understanding. Once we reorient our understanding, we will rediscover peace. That there's far more peace within than without. And when that is full, this is called realization. Note all of those words. 
It's a reorientation. You don't have to go anywhere new. It's a rediscovery. You don't have to create anything new. It's a realization. You already have this ability. You simply have to capture it. This week, our chapter is called <clears throat> Inner Repose. And Swami Chinmayananda shares, we begin our climb towards inspiration by participating. All of those who are in this class for the first time, you're really in this class as a participant, no? We've been together for 16 months and now you're joining us, so more like a participant. Deeper than being a participant is being involved. All of you who are part of every class in this course, you're reading, you're writing, you're reflecting, you're involved. And deeper than this is to be committed. That your whole lifestyle is dedicated to purification. Your whole home is dedicated towards preparation. And because that purification and preparation is checked off, you're ever engaged in the process of contemplation. That's independent of this class or course. So this is how you raise your inspiration. When this comes to satsang, Vedanta, self-study, are you participating or are you involved or are you committed? Those who are committed to contemplation, you slow your input of objects. The actual writing in the text in the chapter is you stop your perception. Now I'm consciously not using the word stop because you can't stop perception. You can't close your eyes all the time. You can't plug your ears all the time or anytime actually, <laughs> right? You can't stop perception. So here I'm sharing is to slow perception. Do you remember having a television back in the day with that big remote control? And you had to press the button so hard just to change the channel. And that was tiring, so you just didn't change the channel, yes? See how much lesser that perception was from a television because you actually watched everything on one channel. And everything moves slowly. Now, if you're on Netflix, if you're watching something on your phone, don't we just keep on scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and that's more perception, more perception, more perception. Slow down your perception. And more big picture, that means slow down. And it's fascinating. I was reading an email from my father today. He was reading, <clears throat> writing to a group of people. He says, it's like we've gone back a hundred years. It's like the time we're living in right now, everything has been rewound a hundred years. And I never thought about it, but he said it in such a positive way. Now that things are a hundred years in reverse, things are so much slower now. No? <laughs> Today, Sheila and I shifted into 
super organization mode because Vyasa's not in preschool. So we had set times by nine o'clock, clothes have to be changed, his teeth, has to, teeth have to be brushed. I have the nine to 11 shift, she has the 11 to 12 shift. This is what time dinner has to be done and this time is what he has to be bathed. And it was amazing. Because we are all in one locality, the only place we went to was the ashram, everything was slower. Everything was more impactful. So slow your perception. If you can do this, a more deep practice or change is you stop projection. Slow perception, stop projection. When it comes to just ourselves, we project importance onto possessions and positions. And if you do it with articles, you're definitely going to do it with beings. You're going to project onto beings. This person supports you. This person doesn't respect you. When you slow down your projections, you slow down your thoughts. And when the thoughts become slower, you start to feel peaceful. You start to feel peace. And this is the main point of this chapter. Be careful, be attentive, be vigilant about the peace you experience when perception is slowed and projection is stopped. Because if you accurately feel, look how happy I am, look how peaceful I am with little. By being alone, that becomes the fuel for you to keep on moving in your journey towards peace. Our threshold for peace is so small that when we experience any amount of peace, we feel like we have to reward ourselves with more perception, isn't it? If you had strong contemplation this morning, you drank more coffee, then you deserve it, right? You're almost enlightened. Who cares what you input into yourself? You sleep in more. Those people who have to uh, sleep early and wake up early, they're weak. I'm strong. This is what happens. We're not analyzing. We're not accurately feeling the peace within. So we start to go back to projecting it outside. Then you have to perceive it outside. This is such a, a nuanced point, a nuanced teaching to accurately know how much agitation there is when it comes to articles, beings, and circumstances, and how much peace there is when it comes to divinity or the self. This nuanced teaching helps you to re-record your nature. If you go back in the day again, how many of you used to make tapes from songs on the radio used to record that and you only had one or two or three tapes right and you would just keep on re-recording re-recording it's the same material but you're re-recording it to newer music yes and then you would give it to a friend and feel so cool like you know this is this is a mixtape <laughs> a mixtape <laughs> even saying it out loud is so old school you give it to someone our nature right now is that 
I think happiness is inside, but I know happiness is outside. But as you start to become more realistic and value happiness inside, you stop thinking happiness is outside and you start to know happiness is inside. This is another way of saying you're changing the anatma vasana to a atma vasana. And at the end of each chapter, what is the two words that are shared? Hasten slowly. You can change your body fast, even though it's hard. You can change your, your mind slower. You can change your intellect slower. You can change your vasanas, but it will require a lot of hastening slowly. If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cmniagara. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmay Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmay Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.